Hello and welcome back to the Latecomers. I'm Amity. And I'm Neil. Lemuel. I forgot. <laughs> What's your name? Stumbled over it. Say I'm it Lemuel. Again. Lemuel. Lemuel. It's hard. Lots of labial like sounds. Samuel? It's like Samuel and Emmanuel, but it's not either of those things. Or Manuel. It's Lemuel. I found As in Gulliver. You have been... Oh, I forgot Gulliver was a thing. You're also apparently in the Book of Mormon. Yes, apparently I'm a villain in the Book of Mormon. There are action figures in... And you brought me an action figure. Stores. Which I still have. Did I? Yes. Okay. You brought me I'm an action figure that. about <laughs> disobedient Lemuel. See, in... In the Old Testament. It's okay. We don't have to get into it. Right, I just no, no. think it's cool that you, you know, have an action figure. I just have a house. The Book of Mormon is full of twists and turns. Yes. Uh, yeah. It's, That's it's, all we're going to say. Right, that's, I'm not a scholar. I have no subject. comment. So this week, we do want to assure you, neither of us has been kidnapped. Yes. Have you been kidnapped? Yeah, has not, I have not been kidnapped. This movie, I have been warning everyone this is not safe for work. Because this movie pissed me off. Oh, he's going to swear. <laughs> I'm going to swear a lot. <laughs> yeah, this this movie is hard to watch in today's climate. Do it's a little... a hard even to, 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 to go through the plot. It's right. very twisty and weird. But even... Okay, so peek behind the curtain. We're recording this early. Mm-hmm. We're recording this on the night of October 3rd. 3rd. The day uh, which will go down in infamy. Well, it's a big in Mean Girls. Mean Girls covered my timeline today. But the FBI finished its investigation on Kavanaugh today, and the report is being released, I guess, to the senators. And so that is the world in which we watch and discuss this movie. By the time this is released, we'll know what had happened with that. But as of right now... We're just being, we're just watching a political system that doesn't give a fuck about women, and then we watch this movie that doesn't give a fuck about women, and sure, it's a little hard n- to deal not with. Not much has changed in the intervening time. There's been more lip service now yeah. to the rights of women. However, this film, if the people who are currently, and Mitch McConnell stands up in my head. Ugh. As a person who would absolutely follow up the kinds of machinations that are done in this film to oh, keep a woman sure. quiet. Oh, for sure. Yes, and to cover his own ass. And for to sure. listen to today was... Um, but also, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. the tones with this, with the very corrupt police department right. and the lengths that they go so that they don't have to admit their own problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the, the police department seems to, in this film, be exclusively worried about public opinion. And that's... Male public opinion. Right, but that's all that's going on, really. Yeah. It's just like, there's so many times in this film where women are sort of swept under the rug, and um, and the only uh, the only sort of public crusader is a Presbyterian minister, but we'll get into yeah, that later. Yeah, but that also feels a little bit like that white savior trope. Although, in this world, you needed a fucking male well, savior the, because no, no, women we sh- didn't we have should, any power. We should talk about that, too, because this is based in a true story. It is based, And those well, are actual people that happened. Yeah. Um, the minister is a true person, apparently. Yes. Uh, and so does the the victim of this really weird hoax. It's so outlandish that if somebody had written this as a film, you'd go, okay, you've taken it one or two steps too far. Yep. But the fact that it actually happened to a person. 
Yeah, and you're gonna have to explain some stuff to me. So let's get into let's get into it. So okay. this we watched the Changeling, not the Changeling, just Changeling, Changeling. from 2008. Mm-hmm. Stars Angelina Jolie. I was under the mistaken impression that she had also directed this for some reason, no, but no. that is false. Uh, this was directed by Clint Eastwood, oh. uh, produced by Ron Howard and Brian Grazer, and it is a true story. It's yes. not even specifically based on a true story. Uh, the writer did a year of research uh-huh. and was able to source basically every scene so that they didn't have to use the phrase based on. Yeah. Just they could just say it's a true story. Which is crazy. Yeah. It's which makes you matter. Right. As we were watching the film cuz you're like, "Oh, I I don't have to be mad at a writer for making this shit up. I have to be mad at society for this happening. Well, I was talking to a friend of mine about it, and we mentioned how there's a scene in um, L.A. Confidential where a police captain is, uh, a man wants to be promoted, and so he asks him, are you willing to uh, plant evidence on a suspect? Are you willing to beat a confession out? Right. And if you're not willing to do those things, you can't be promoted. Interesting. And it's a, a very funny, it's funny in... When is that movie set? That's when is the that movie 40s. Set? Oh, okay. Or so early 50s, I'm sorry. Um, so the thing is that, uh, that yes, yeah, it was the 50s. Okay. Um, so not much change. Los Angeles Police Department has always been apparently horribly, horribly corrupt. Yeah. Um... So what we need to know about this world is it's mm-hmm. 1928. Yeah, we're in Los Angeles, where yes, the police department is just completely corrupt, corrupt, and has made enemies, but is still the Los Angeles Police Department. So, and we live in a world where we're we're two election cycles. <laughs> <laughs> from mm-hmm. the right to vote for women. Uh, but we're still firmly in the, if this bitch is giving you trouble, say she's crazy and we'll lock her up. No problem. And you know what solves all hysterical things? Oh, you're hysterical because you have a uterus. That's where that word comes from. You know, I've always wondered and about we that. we will be shocking the shit out of you until you lose your mind and then possibly lobotomizing you. So. Now, this is during also, and I, I wanted to make sure that I was aware of this, because there's some background given by the uh, minister character in the film that's played by John Malkovich. Yes. At one point he makes a sort of a, it's an interesting kind of framing device. Rather than, you know, scrolling letters on the screen, he has a radio broadcast yes. from his uh, church and so he describes what a like gun an squad is. old podcast. Right. <laughs> Original generation podcast. Uh, that the chief of police uh, was, was the head of vice squad during Prohibition. He created a gun squad staffed by 50 policemen. Uh, that he gave the uh, I will not hold court on gunmen in Los Angeles streets. I want them brought in dead, not alive. and will reprimand any officer who shows mer- the least mercy to a criminal. Those are actual words. So it's what's happening now. Yes. Has been happening for a this long time. This is a death squad, as they used to call them in El Salvador. Okay. This, these are people whose job it is to kill criminals. And as we learn... Or anybody who right. gets in the LAPD's way. So this is the kind of lengths. But the, the fact, once again, he wants them dead. He doesn't give any room to them. He will reprimand officers who don't kill criminals. Right. What he's saying. Right. So that's the kind of atmosphere that uh, we're pre, operating. This uh, is pre-privatization of the of the prison system. 
So yeah, things haven't got much better. Anyhow, so did you want to do the rundown? Or? Sure. Um, so we ha- uh, we meet Christine Collins. That is our lovely Angelina Jolie, who is perfect looking in this movie because she is perfect looking. We'll probably bring the cloche back. A hat back into yes, the fashion. Yes, she's, she's wearing an person. awesome cloche hat. It's very good. So it's very good red lip. emphasizes just her eyes and her, her lips. So yeah. that's basically... Well, you don't have to do much to emphasize her lips. They're right. pretty out there. We see her taking care of her son. Now, she is a single mom. We know that her husband, I assume, left when her son was born because ain't nobody signed up for that kind of responsibility. Right. Ghost. Um, she has a pretty powerful job. She's a supervising operator at the phone company. Uh-huh. A job and she does on roller skates. She well, all of the ones that move around are on roller skates, so they can go faster, which I actually think is pretty good. It's a lot of wires in a place where you have to roller skate, though. But I guess the wires stay up on the walls. And Walter is her son. He's nine. Uh, we see him. Her measuring him in the morning, so showing mm-hmm. how how much he's grown, and, um, and that becomes an important factor later in the film. Yeah, and she he goes off to school. She goes to work, mm-hmm. and when she comes home from work, he is not home. Right, and so she starts looking for him. She calls the police, but they're like, "Well, he probably just ran off." It's a 24-hour wait the period. The dismissive tone. Oh, it is. That's given to her. Yeah. Oh, well, they always He ran away, or mm-hmm. he's with friends, or boys will be boys. It's right. a lot of boys will be boys. The next day, she is able to make a police uh, report, and they start looking for her son. And after five months, she gets a phone call saying that he's alive, that they found him, and that they're bringing him home. And she is very excited. Uh, she's still working during this whole time, mm-hmm. which I appreciated actually, because I feel like, although in a lot of the movies lately that have had abductions, mm-hmm. child abductions, uh, you don't see the parents having to continue on with life because right. a lot of them are too close to well, the actual abduction mom. time. Right, um, but also five months has passed, and so she has, she has to pay her rent. Something that like. we should bring up that's only a because there's several stories that intertwine. Yes. Um, one of them is the fact that's barely noticeable in the beginning, but becomes a slightly more important near the end, is the fact that she has a sympathetic boss who's very fond of her. She does. And she, she's the first woman that they've promoted to supervisor, mm-hmm. and he does praise her. He's like, I got flack for right. promoting a woman, but you've done nothing but good work. And right. Yeah. So she does have a good support so, yes, system. she has a support system. Even and though the, the man that she married is not a oh, support forgive me, system. The girls, I just said the girls who work with her. The women who work with yes. her. Yes. You know, they were called I, girls every day. They're goddamn I lives. slipped into period. Uh, the, yeah. <laughs> right, but, oh, girls. Right. So I think that they actually, they all seem to appreciate her. They appreciate her, rally behind her as a leader. And so she has you a, see her a, being competent. Yes. Which I appreciated. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, she's not... Taken to flights of fancy. She's right. not a person who is weak-willed or... She's an eminently practical person. Right. And very. And what we learn later on, part of the reason why the, the police have such a negative reaction to her is that she aggressively defends her rights. Right. And she won't be told right. what's true when she knows what's yes, true. Yes, but part of what we'll get into is what's foisted on her is so absurd. Yes. So she goes to the train station Mm -hmm. and meets this boy that they say is her son, 
And you can see immediately that she's mm-hmm. like, uh, no. But there's, you know, paparazzi, the, 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 the equivalent of paparazzi in 1928. There are photographers around, the police are there, and he's, she's not, it's, it's a weird interaction. What did you make of that interaction? Because I'd be like, this boy's not coming home with me. I don't know who this is, but he's not coming into my house. But they, like, push her. They're like, well, he has nowhere else to go. Right. I think that's, that's <laughs> kind like, of... Well, that's a, weird, uh, that's a weird position to take when you're telling me this is my child. Well, he's got nowhere to go. <laughs> Like, wait a minute. So is it is he mine? Now, or is point, he though, just some story? We're dealing with a character named um JJ Jones, who's the head yes. of the LAPD juvenile division. He's this played, is the dude from his name Burn is Notice. Jeffrey Donovan and he looks, looks like, like an asshole. A piranha, actually. He has these teeth. Yeah. And this son of a bitch is by the yeah. end of the film, I wanted to kick him in the balls. Yeah, yeah, I mean, no, for there's sure. A, there's he a couple of movie. Like physical, right. like I want to choke this. How this up. didn't destroy his career, I don't know because it's like I look. Well, at he kid. is a person who very often plays mm, the bad right. guy, but he's really good at this because he's playing just about the most arrogant prick you'll ever see. Yeah, um, and he's insisting. I think that interaction was almost like he appeals to her maternal side, saying, "Look, like you said, there's no place else for him to go. This is your yeah. son. You're just not recognizing him. Look, there's all it's these people." It's been here. five whole months, right. y'all. That's not that long. Yeah. Five months is not also, that long. Also, given the intimacy of the relationship between this particular mother and son, they spent all of their time all together. All of their time together. They really, time. they talked. And right. The other thing that I, the thing that I do want to say here is it's never made clear, I don't think explicitly, mm-hmm. that he knows that this is not her son and is just trying to foist something off. The not child right has away. said, my name is yeah. Walter Collins. This is my address. Uh-huh. Uh, and there's no reason for them to believe that he is lying. Now, this, bec- I mean, now, later on, very he quickly, that, yeah. we find out that this is clearly not her child. Mm-hmm. And they keep trying. Then they're like, well, we're not going to admit we're wrong. Right. We're not going to continue looking for a child that we've said is found. Mm-hmm. So you need to just get in line we'll because we're not going to take any blame for the fact that now however much more time has passed with her son missing and God knows what happening. Right. Him. Now this is part of the, what we learned in the background is that the John Malkovich character, the Reverend Gustav Brigleb. He's got a name, Brigleb, yeah. He has been on a crusade against the police department, and he's gaining public sympathy. So, and like on the radio, in right. his sermons, and he's, he he's, says with no bones, right. the LAPD is a pile of shit, <laughs> and I'm never going to stop fighting against them. Right. He doesn't say that he is a minister, I know, but... But he's, he <laughs> might as well, that actually might be, he uses a lot of invective. and he's, He does. He's actually very well. I like John Malkovich playing a sympathetic character. I like the fact that the minister is a sympathetic character. Yes. Um, yeah, the church comes out looking good in this movie. Yeah. Which... The only thing that you can say is that he may be, well, she's part of his crusade, but at no point does he lose focus of her being a person. Right. Which is the important part. He does use her. He right. wants to use her but he's also as helping, a poster right. child. But also, he sees a mother who is desperate yeah, to find her child. Yeah, because there are scenes later in the film where he genuinely doesn't was trying to counsel her, mm-hmm. counsel her in a ministerial way about her child. But again, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. But so what he brings finally, up... Finally, J.J. Uh-huh. is like, 
take him home on a trial basis. Yeah. What the fuck? And she does. Because she's also not going to let this child, right. who's obviously a child, yes. just be on the street or go to the police. Like, that's not... Although, I'm not letting a rando child into my house. Little boys are terrifying. Okay. I'm not doing it. All right, you were saying? It's a hard time for little boys. Uh, that's what... Um... <laughs> <laughs> so, in, in the first, you know, right when they get home... Right. She puts him up to the... Well, no, no. The first thing she does is give him a bath. Does she? Oh, she does it after. She, she's bath. already said, right. like, knows that he isn't the right height, but I couldn't tell if he was taller or shorter. Right. She gives him a bath, and the look on her face when she comes in after he's undressed and in the bathtub... And discovers that he's circumcised. Circumcised, which obviously her son was not. So he disappeared for five months and got circumcised. What we later find out is, again, she measured him against the measurements in the and wall. And then she pulls him out of the tub and pushes him up against right. the wall, and he's three, three inches, inches shorter. shorter. Three inches. So we're talking about a boy who does not look like her son, is three inches shorter, and has a different dick. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not her child. There's no... If he'd been gone for 25 years, mm -hmm. we could have an argument right. about... Stress causes height changes. His spine might be comp decompressed. He, uh, short, he, certainly, he could have been well, circumcised at some point in a 25-year period. It's been five months. You should be able to take that child to a doctor and say, how long has this been the situation? Right. And they should be able to go, oh, that's not a recent operation. Uh, that was done at birth or whatever. Speaking of dicks, she goes to Captain Jones and tells this is not my son. And so he sends a medical doctor to come explain to her scientific reasons through science. Not just a medical doctor, right. but a, she's, he's a psychiatrist, I believe, because... I think this was just a medical doctor who was trying to explain to her how, you know, people shrink over time. But, yeah, um, no, I, th I... But I do think that he was also a psychiatrist yeah. because he was supposed to um, be like a trauma, like a parental trauma expert. Okay, I don't remember that part, but I, yeah, I, I think that that's right. But, yeah, he says... There's a lot to remember it, in this film. So it's, we found him with a creepazoid. Mm -hmm. Who so might have had him circumcised? Who might have had him circumcised? And by the way, it's more hygienic anyhow. So right. It's, for, for for a plethora of reasons. I mean, it's the yeah, it's it's the practical choice. And I'm just like, <laughs> right. It's like oh, of course, circumcision. Yes, well, because if you're traveling with me, you better be circumcised. Who knows? Ugh. I'm not even sure how. And they but, didn't even make it into being a perverted mm -hmm. thing, like because. Right, that would be the natural direction to go in. But she goes so far as to go and confront, I think this was the best piece of evidence that she got, was talk to her dentist. She went, well, his teacher, uh -huh. oh, yes, who had seen teacher. him all, you know, yeah. she's a teacher for like three years or something, and is like, this is not Walter. Right. And, and calls him out, because she's like, go to your seat. And he just goes to a seat, and I said, I said, go to your seat. I didn't say go to a seat. He's like, oh, I forgot. She's like, you've been sitting in the same seat for two years. You didn't... Right, you didn't forget what And she's like, I'll just... sign any piece of paper you need me to sign. That is not your child. Right. And then to the dentist, exactly, which... But, I mean, to me, that's the best scientific evidence she could have gathered. Yeah. He had a particular condition, dystemia? Yeah, he had a gap tooth. Right. And, and yeah, that's another one. It's like, penis was different. The teeth were different. Yeah. The height was different. He had a different. gap tooth mm. to, to fix it, to right. close it. 
surgery would have been performed. Right. This person never had surgery but doesn't have the condition. So this is and obviously I'll sign, not the like, same once child. again, mm-hmm. an affidavit to the effect. It is my medical opinion that this is not the same person as... Now, to explain to the audience members who might uh, not understand what a changeling is, um, it was a term used a very long time ago for the idea that fairies or creatures stole your baby and replaced one of theirs in, and that yes. really ways it was used as a way of explaining, frankly, mental health issues in children a long time ago. Yeah, the child like, suddenly, it was right, probably autism. Autism and any number uh, of things, uh, neurological Yeah, where conditions. a child will mm-hmm. behave, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. normally. So we're talking about typical childhood development up to a certain point, right. at which point that development stops for yes. whatever reason. And, this and is, then they would say, it's yeah, a changeling. It got switched out yeah. by somebody else who replaced it with a fairy baby or a troll baby that looks exactly like yours. Right. I don't know that it was ever taken seriously, but it's an idea. No, but it's when, when there's such a, a profound change in your child in the mm-hmm. 1600s, yeah. that is, there's got to be a measure of comfort to... Well, I this was, isn't my child. There, I was shared a, um, briefly. I was uh, there was a friend of ours who shared with me a children's book that described uh, sort of ghouls and goblins and things that afflicted children. And one of them, and she showed it to me because my son uh, is in the spectrum. Right. And they said that the explanation for children with OCD in Africa is that there's a, a wood spirit that attack, uh, uh, sort of attaches itself to a child and makes them think only about numbers. Oh, interesting. I thought that was a very clever way of saying, well, and, you know. And a lot of cultures a, have right. um, sort of spirits that have a version of OCD, which right. is what like a labyrinth is for. Right. And, well, you know, you throw mm-hmm. rice so that they have to count it. And which is interesting. Away. Was, Salt yeah. is another, that's another reason. There's a, almost every culture in the world focuses, I mean, uh, evil is represented by things with what we would call obsessive compulsive disorder. Yeah. You put a maze in front of a cathedral because the devil has to follow it and loses its track and never enters a church and tempts people. Or a duppy, a ghost in the West Indies, you take a bag of rice, you throw it because it'll stop and count every single grain of rice and that's how you make your escape. So it's like a very common kind of idea all over the world. It's interesting. Anyhow, getting back to this, you're just trying to explain what a a changeling was. (laughs) So Christine finally goes to the press and is like, Mm -hmm. this is not... And she's going to go through the press through the reverend. Yes. And then she's called into the police, who then have her committed involuntarily. Right. Apparently, in 1928, a Code 12 in Los Angeles County was, you done pissed off the police and now you're right. going to go to the psych ward. That's exactly what it was. This is, there's, um, that was... One of the women right. that she meets in there was this, uh, a mm-hmm. sex worker mm-hmm. who crossed the police too many times. They code twelve. That she's a code twelve, and another one was a woman who was beaten by her husband, who was a cop. Right, code twelve. This was what you did. You sent them off to the psychopathic ward, and uh, she makes friends with a woman named Carol Dexter, who's the, the the sex worker. Yeah, who then begins just sharing with her. This is what happens to women who talk back. Yep. You know, you disagree with the police, and the police, again, they have the and power of life and death. They and have they have own. a doctor on their payroll, basically. Right. So Dr. Steele is the head of this ward, played by Dennis O'Hare, so you know he's going to be He's going to be a piece of shit, basically. Dude. That guy is... I bet uh-huh. that Dennis O'Hare is a super, super nice dude. I'm sure he is. But what's her name? Ricky Lindholm. 
is in this film. Oh yeah, she plays a nurse that flips she, the switch on the electric plays, shock. I therapy, wanted her to. I wanted like, her name to be. Is that Ricky Little? I wanted What's her to be happening? nurse. Like her name is Ratchet, so that she gets older and becomes a nurse in the other film. That'd be rad, actually. She seemed to enjoy it. She was, you know, there the the people there. They were doing what they were told. Horrible. It felt like Nazism. It mm. felt like that. I'm just doing my job. Except Dennis O'Hare, mm-hmm. who diagnoses Christine as delusional, gives her drugs, gives her medications, and she can be released if she just says she's mistaken and Walter's really hers. Right, and he's constantly shoving like a clipboard. And at I got her. confused here as to what the hell happened to Walter at this point. What do you mean? Like when his mama, mm-hmm. his not mama, was in the not the mama not psychiatric the mama. ward. Uh-huh. What did they do with Walter? Not Walter. The boy. Yeah, that's uh, okay. I was, when you said Walter, I got confused. It's like I know yeah. what happened to Walter. <laughs> Fuck me, yeah, I knew what happened to Walter. Yeah, mm. but um, but uh, the the fake Walter, yes. <laughs> I don't know what happened to fake Walter. Well, we don't really see him. Yeah. So mm-mm. he does make appearance later. I think he's in custody because we later on find out that he perfectly well knew he wasn't Walter. And he was guided this way he by the police. He did know that. And and she tries yeah. to plead with him. Like, you uh, don't know the hurt that you're causing. Please just tell me uh, the truth. Like, I don't, I won't necessarily throw you out, but who are you? Right. So, I have to admit, I thought Walter was a little shit in this movie. Oh, yeah, no. He's, he's a, a psychopath. A little shit. He's apparently later confesses that he wanted to come to Hollywood to meet Tom Mix, the cowboy star, and That's ride right. his horse. So this is a completely selfish thing for him to do. Like, Although I'm going to stick to this story because maybe he'll be a movie star. assumption, and I can't remember, so you're going to have to f- clarify for me. Uh-huh. Was he one of the boys at this place? No, not at all. So how did he? He was just kn- some random kid. I believe in the beginning of the film he's left off in a cafe. He is. You, we see uh, a scene with him and mm-hmm. an old dude who's like... Um, who can't pay for his meal at a mm-hmm. yeah at a diner. a diner? And the dude, the guy is the the the. He's like, I just have to run home. I forgot my wallet. And he's mm-hmm. like, There's no credit. You gotta pay. And he's like, I'll be back in ten minutes. Uh, well, can you leave collateral? And he says, Well, what better collateral than a man's old flesh and blood? I'm like, Well, that ain't your kid. <laughs> this is just the kid who he picked up hitchhiking. Is that what it was? Yeah, that's um, the impression that you get. But how do we? How does he know? Uh-huh. Who Walter Collins Because you later is. on find out that the police coached him. They this did. This is what he says when he gets passed to his mom at the end of the film. So Joe... Oh, that's right. So the dude did know that this wasn't oh, Walter Collins. Oh, he knew. He okay. Knew. So right when it, when it starts, it's unclear. You're right. And the, the thing is, again, the way that this film is done, and it's written by... Is his last... Straczynski? Yeah. Straczynski. The same person who's responsible for a lot of science fiction. Yes. And a lot, it's a very he interesting... He invented Babylon 5. Right. And and he worked on some of the Marvel films. No. Um, no Comic I books. He, I thought he did Thor. He, oh, maybe. I don't know. Well, anyhow, he so... He wrote uh, ones of comics. Right. So he's a very interesting writer. Um, I believe I read his book on oh, some of the stuff on Twilight Zone 2, the TV show. Um, but he... Uh, the way that the story is done is really interesting because... It could very easily be, as um, Clint Eastwood talked about, it could have gone into this sort of Freddy Krueger territory. And we'll get to that in a minute. Well, what makes that so horrible? But it starts out by really getting you involved in the story of this woman. So there's other things that don't quite 
come together in the yeah. first part of the film. There's a lot of people in this movie, yeah. too, because now we start seeing a Detective Ibarra mm-hmm. who gets a tip and doesn't really... And he's Michael Kelly. He's sort of, yeah. And he's, he's a hell great. of a good guy. He really is. He's really good. I, I know him from um, that show, House of Cards. Uh-huh. Um, I think that's my first exposure to him. Mm-hmm. He's very good. I'm sure he's been a tons of stuff because yeah, yes. he's not a young man. Uh, but he, oh, he's going to deport this kid, this 15-year-old kid, uh, off of wine, uh, this place. This ranch. ranch in mm-hmm. Wineville. And uh Riverside County where my my uh my uncles are from, actually. Oh, really? All my uncles lived in Riverside. And so Ibarra asks for directions from this guy's uncle, Gordon Northcott. He doesn't know that's who he's talking to. Um but by the way, Dick name, Gordon Northcott, that just sounds like, you know, somebody you should be wearing an ascot. Yeah. And, well, and you know, robbing the poor. Here he's just well, he's and as soon as you see him, you're like, oh, this dude's up to no good. Well, I said that he had like... He has uh, a crazy smile. Crazy smile and like killer murderer hair. You know, like the kind of hair he that... does have... Well, what he has is mid-90s boy band floppy hair. It's a Which, real Chris Hardwick 94 look. It's... Uh, <laughs> well, there it goes. But um, so he Ibarra Cap- gets this kid who really is aggressively fighting him. Yes. Um, uh, and... He's apparently just overstayed a visa, right? A mm-hmm. Canadian visa. And so, let me see. The child is being, like, he's freaking out. And mm-hmm. the guy's like, it's Canada. Like, right. it's, <laughs> we're not sending, we're not sending right. you to the third world. You're just going to go back to Canada. And he says, he starts apologizing for the murders, basically. And this kid gives a really good performance. He does. I felt for him in this movie yeah. because he's obviously broken inside. His whole complaint, very much like the complaint of Mr. Uh, you know, Northcott, is that his name? Northcott, yeah. Is that he doesn't want to go to hell. Only I think this yeah. kid's more sincere <laughs> in that belief. Yeah. Um, because he really, he says that he was forced to participate. In the murder of like 20... 20- 20 boys. 20 boys. Um, uh, and then identifies a bunch, like, right. he's given a, like, a big stack of photographs of missing boys. Right. And identifies a bunch of them. And one of them that he identifies is Walter Collins. Right. Um, so this, at which point mm. we believe as the audience, and I believe historically is likely that this he's Michael he, Collins is a victim. Walter Collins. Walter Collins, a, excuse me. Victim. And, um, and is dead. And we and then it's like, well, my my assumption then was this kid that's living Walter Collins' life escaped like was held with him or right. something, got his details. I've seen the imposter. That's actually what happens in the imposter. Mm-hmm. So uh so I was getting that sort of mixed up. Ibarra takes Clark to the farm or the ranch and uh, tells him to find, uh, t- tells him where, where are the bodies and right. he starts digging. He and gives him a shovel. He gives him a shovel. And says, okay, if you dig. know where the bodies are, start digging. And they find a shoe with the, the 
filled a with shoe a human with, foot. Yeah, right. with yeah, it's filled, and then which part of Ibarra is like, holy and, shit, we are on to something. This is terrible. Yeah, I think Ibarra was like, this kid's full of shit. He just doesn't want no, to do that a thing. Scene is really well played. There's something that happens with. Clint Eastwood gets accused of a lot of being too straightforward with his delivery. He doesn't put a lot of frills on his production. They're just very... Yeah. But I think that scene played out really, really well because the kid, once he finds his foot, they're telling him, shit, they're going to take over. You know, yeah, they're, they're like, call you're for good. Backup, like, call for whatever. Because the attitude towards him is, you know, dig. Right. You're, it's your responsibility. Because he kind of still thinks he might be bullshitting him. Mm-hmm. As soon as they see, oh no, there are bodies here, the 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 shock on Ibarra's face and the and and his sort of gen, gentleness of you can stop right Com, yeah contrasted against this kid who's, who's gotten ferociously digging yeah. it's like he needs to like I said there's a, there's a later confession of Northcott who believes he needs that, to put it in the sun he needs right. to bring it to light but yeah. the, the Northcott seems to believe in hell in a very kind of selfish way I don't want to go there. But this kid really believes there is eternal punishment for me because of why I did. He wants to expiate. And so the the, the crazy part is Ibarra is not getting any support from the head of the juvenile department, which is, you know, Mr. Mr. Dick. Yeah. So he's not getting any support from him. As a matter of fact, he's getting almost close to suppression from him as well. Yeah. He doesn't want to talk about it. This is ridiculous. Don't bother me. We found the kid. He knows perfectly well he didn't find the kid. But then... News is news. Right. And so the reverend brings the doctor mm-hmm. at the psychiatric ward, the newspaper that indicates that Walter Collins right. is a murder victim. At which point, this motherfucker. <laughs> so Christine was just about to be shocked. Right, electroshock. Electroshock. Now this is because she's also stood up to the doctor, yeah. who's constantly shoving a clipboard in her face. Sign this paper. You can walk you out can of here. All out. you have to do is sign this paper right. and, and admit that and you are wrong. She and is not going to sign that no, goddamn paper. Good for her. And he, they stop her shock treatment. They bring her into the room, uh-huh. and after, and after this motherfucker knows that her son, that this boy in her house is not her son. He says, you have one more chance right. to sign this piece of paper indicating that this is your child. And she's like, I'm not doing it. And he says, okay, you're free to go. And I'm just like... That was his last shot. His last shot was fuck, to try to do this. Dude? Uh, um, Reverend Brigleb, I have to say, comes in like a boss. He does. He just comes He's in really and just like, making Fucking swing dick. What? <laughs> Get the fuck out of my way. Yeah, no, he's pretty yeah. good. And it's Malkovich, so of course he's good. Right, but, but I mean, he, uh, it's... He has I'm funny hair. really glad for that character because there's a level of despair in this film Yeah, that just gets to you when you realize how insurmountable the odds are stacked against this single mom. And this whole kind of cadre of this, you know, up to this apocalyptic level fuckery that they're all doing... Which is don't question us, shut up, or we'll sort of throw you in the room and lock and throw away the room, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's like it's it's a relief when you see him charging into scenes like a bull and basically yeah. here you know here's my lawyer he gets a yeah a, and he's a powerful man in the community right. so he has that it's that whole thing of use mm-hmm. your power to lift right. the, uh, lift people who need help and they um 
that's when we find out that uh, Ibarra is talking to this kid. Like, mm. okay, well, we know you're not who you say you are, so who the fuck are you? Um, and he says, yeah, I came to Los Angeles to see my favorite actor. And the police told him to lie about being Christine's son. Um, and then they captured Northcott. He's in Canada. Mm. Thank God for extradition laws. And there's a really interesting scene, too. The actor who's playing Northcott, I, I don't remember his name. Let me He's see. He's very good. He's familiar Jason to me. Jason Butler Harner, who just has one of those faces <laughs> that you want to punch. He looks <laughs> like he could be um, like a younger brother to... I want to call him uh, Dale. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> you know who I'm talking yeah. about. From season one. Um, let me see where. Why do I know him? Like, well, he did a lot of television. He did Law and Order. He did. Yes. He did. Um, you know, I'm not sure because that's where I remember him from to start with. And I'd seen he him was in only in a single episode of Elementary, so I'm sure mm-hmm. I saw that the one. The Newsroom. Oh. He's in The Blacklist. So, yeah, he's Scandal. in a lot of stuff that I've yeah. watched. Um, but he's really good at playing just the most repulsive. I think that he's up there with... Because um, he's got a baby face that looks innocent, uh-huh. but he can do some things with his mouth and eyes that make you like, oh, no. It's creepy. Um, Oh, uh, we should say, oh yeah, no, back in the, in the film, Mm -hmm. uh, right as Christine's being released, um, the reverend introduces her to an attorney who takes her case pro bono and the case is against the LAPD. Mm -hmm. And so what they do is secure a court order for all of the code 12s. Right. To be released. Mm-hmm. So you just see all of these women like streaming out of this ward. Yes, so he might look like John Malkovich. He's To them, he's like Because that's Moses. the other thing. Code 12 is not for men. Right. When you find out, well, yeah, when they find out what it is, they can't hold anybody there anymore under it because it's obviously just a way of silencing people. Now, I, I wish that, because again, we're introduced to this very high-powered lawyer who takes the case pro bono. Yeah. Because he's like, this is, again, this is, obscene what's going on here yeah so now it becomes there's a turn in the tide and you're looking at now we're going against the police officers who do and this. once again christine mm-hmm. still just wants the lapd to figure out what the fuck happened to her son she yeah that the, there's any faith in the police department at this point is ridiculous but, to but me, she but, can't figure it out on her own right so she needs the people who are supposed to do this mm-hmm. to do their goddamn job she does her job every day right do your job so now this is partly where the story takes a shift because um, we are now focusing more on the story of Northcott yes and the story of the boys there well there's two it's parallel Uh the hearings and the trial of Northcott are going on at the same time as the hearings about like about the LAPD Mm -hmm. um so you see sort of what happens to Jones and his partner yeah as well as what's happening to Northcott who is uh, sentenced to 6 months in solitary is it 6 months 
in solitary confinement or two years in solitary confinement? Well, two years before he comes up for, you know, being death. hung by the neck. Because that's the thing. The way that they would mm-hmm. sentence is, you're going to go to jail, you're going to go to solitary confinement for two years, at the end of which time you're going to be hung from the neck until mm-hmm. you're dead or whatever it is. Which I thought was really interesting. I'm like, well, if if you know that he's <laughs> definitely going to die in two years, why? Do we have to feed him and clothe him and take well, care of him? Well, because they were waiting years. in case there were appeals, of which there were none. The well, there although were no I don't know. Whatsoever. Nobody wanted this piece of In California, there are automatic appeals for death penalty uh-huh. now, and I don't know if that's the case then. Uh-huh. Like, there is a series of. like. So, what, just uh, as a side, what did you feel about the press in this movie? Because it seems like they were, all, they were being manipulated for the, for the police in the beginning of the film. And then by the end of the movie, once they discovered that they were, could react against the, push against the police, they suddenly became fearless in well, indicting, at least the public opinion. My guess is that, cops. and they don't really go into it because that mm. would be a third arm mm-hmm. that would have just been It would have taken us too, too far much. away from Christine's yeah. story. But my guess is that there were people on the payroll, mm-hmm. just like in, yeah, the, okay. in, the, in the hospitals. You can't be as corrupt as the mm-hmm. LAPD is and not have judges right. in your pocket, newspaper, media in your pocket, and then hospitals. And just to point out for the audience, the, the, the LA Police Department at this point, it's like there's some motherfucker back there stroking a white cat. That's how corrupt they are. They have oh, their yeah. fingers everywhere. It's real It is bad. bizarre. It is really bizarre to think that they were just everywhere, on every level of society, some of them were there, but they were pushed along by having, again, this very kind of patriarchal opinion. Yes. Where, of course she's crazy. How dare she? How dare she say to us, we found her kid, we did our job, we gave her the kid, it and then... It floors me that women were only seen as good in the extent of the mothering they could do. Mm-hmm. And the fucking like, they could do. But the like, jo- your it. job in uh-huh. society is to raise children. Uh-huh. But we don't trust you to know your own child. Right. After so, that's the other thing that I get hung up on repeatedly is Mm -hmm. it's five months. That's nothing. Yeah. Like I said, twenty-five years, and you can pass off some shit. I don't know how they expected to get away with this. Even five years between nine and fourteen. Right. Right? Because a lot of physical changes happen. Five months? Yeah, I know. But I just, I, like I said, to, I, after having watched this film, I still don't understand how they thought they were going to get away with it. Like, what did you think? What happened? You just ran, palmed off they some thought, random kid there. They thought either she would be so meek uh-huh. and grateful to have a, a child right. that she would just love this child. And that would I be fine. I guess now which, you're mine. You know, like, like it, Like, yes, like when a dog right. is like, oh, this kitten is mine Oh, now. well, I don't get to have a child anymore. Oh, look, here's a new one. I'm going to take this one. But it's not, yeah. I, I just it's, don't it's, understand. Uh, yeah, again, the kid's a little shit, too. So she knew that wasn't her kid. Because he yeah. wasn't even communicating with her. He was just eating her no, food and not talking. No, because he couldn't. What could he say? Right. But I Like mean, I said, yeah. if he had met... Walter at some point, right. he might have been able to converse oh, but, with her, I'm, I'm but he didn't know shit about her, so right. he couldn't but have a conversation On top with of her. that, just the fact that the little bastard keeps his mouth shut, and he's like so focused on meeting his movie star well, hero. Well, not just that, but like, what's going to happen to him? I, he has to go back home. 
I, it's just, oh, that's true. It's uh, he wasn't. He, there was he nothing was hanging over his head. There was nothing. You know, he wasn't on. You know, like there was in danger. To be fair, I bet that dude that kidnapped him did some mm. things to him. I bet they he needed have. some fucking therapy. But uh, still, at the same time, this kid he was there for a reason. He yeah, no, out he was. He, yeah, it, that was a weird thing where you're almost like. I'd like to know more about this dude. Like, what happened to this there was dude? Just, there is, that, that's a uh, real person. Yeah, yeah. There's too much to the story, though, and I that's know. the thing. It's this would lot. make a great miniseries. Michael Straczynski works in television sometimes, so he could do a series on this that's now. That's true. Because yeah, I would like to would get into everyone that's a part of this story, but, like, the only thing that appealed to the director, Clint Eastwood, and also to Ron Howard, is that you could parse out this story without making it the story of a serial killer. Yes. Because I feel... And this is, you know, because now... right. that is the story that, mo- quote, most right. people would so make. what I feel, and we talked about this just it the other day... It felt like frailty, too. The, yeah. The, the serial killer piece. Because um, there's definitely a serial killer in this movie. Yes. What I, um, I was discussing with you the other day was having watched a, a film, the first film that uh, Sharon Tate appeared in. Yes. And how angry I am that Sharon Tate is constantly mentioned in the context... A of victim a, of Charles Manson. Right. And it's just like, you know Not what? Not an actress and woman she of was her an own actress right. rocketing her way up. She was loved by everyone who worked with her. Everyone has great stuff to say about her. She was a model for a lot. There's all this stuff going for her, but we're going to mention her in the context of this killing. And Quentin Tarantino's new film, For Better or For Worse, is still going to put her right back in the context uh, yeah. of that killing. And mm-hmm. it's like, you don't deserve to be, oh, he was a victim of so-and-so. It's like, fuck that. All right? Because it's like Jack yeah. the Ripper. He's a celebrity. What are the names of his fucking victims? We well, don't not get to that. mention, Charles Manson figured into three hours of Sharon Tate's life right. at most, right? Yeah, that's it. See, but yeah, and but that is the that right. is what she's known for, and that's what pisses me off. Celebrity but it's also killers, true like what the fuck of the victims of non-famous killings. Yeah. Like the Columbine kids that died. Yeah. They're always going to be the kids that died in Columbine. We don't know what they right. like to do. We don't know what they wanted to be when they grew up. We don't know any of that. Now, their families do, obviously. Mm-hmm. But they get memorialized under the heading of right. the assholes that killed them. Yeah. And that's that's heartbreaking. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. To, and I, that's why I like... This approach, because yes. we learn about the people around He's the He's such... The killer is such a small yeah. part of it. He's a necessary part of it. Absolutely, but he's only in the movie for 15 15 or 20 minutes of the, the entire film as a yeah. whole. And it's just like the story isn't his story. No. And it doesn't need to be his story. It needs to be the story of the people around him, the people who are affected by him, yes. Right. And it's also not done in such a way that he looms over the whole story, because no. the story is not about him. The story is about her. It's about Christine Collins. It's about what shit she went through. And and the and, fact that she never right. stopped fighting. And she never stopped. And yeah. so, uh, going back to Northcott, though, so he's convicted. He's convicted, and two years later, right uh-huh. before he's oh, But we be should executed. say the police officer is censured, too. Oh, yes, he's taken off duty. The, right, and so the police department gets shaken up. And we see that the, the community is in mm. mad support of her. Like, right. as she's walking to the hearings, it's interesting the way that they have it let... Uh, she's going with her attorney and the reverend to the courthouse to see the Northcott trial. And they 
go out and there's mm. picketers, there's yeah. protesters for in in support of to her. To support that broad is one yes. person. <laughs> yes. Um, and then we go into the courtroom, the Northcott courtroom. At one point, though, mm. her attorney or the reverend leans over and says, yeah, you reverend, should come yes, with yes. me. I, you should yeah. see this. And they take her to another hearing, which mm-hmm. I guess has not been put on the docket, so it's doesn't have a lot of um, coverage. Coverage, yeah. and that's the LAPD yeah. censure, basically. Of and they, that was that was also really cathartic to have that moment where yeah. you're just seeing these bastards are going to get pulled aside and bit yeah. Um It's the fact that and his her lawyer. Yeah, Mr. S. S. Han, as he's S. called S. in this film, he's uh he really goes after them. I mean, there's some great yeah, for does. people who like courtroom drama. There's yeah, some great there's Perry some Mason moments here yeah. where he really dives into it and just like so. All you have to do without ever submitting her to a psychiatrist, you immediately had her committed right out of your your yeah. office, and you could sign that piece of paper, right? And nobody else had to sign off on it, right? Exactly. It's like nobody. What you you made a diagnosis, a professional diagnosis in your office. You're a police officer. Yep. You're a juvenile police officer. You right. have no idea how people work. You know, this yeah, is an no, adult woman. So I liked the fact that he got his not nearly enough for what he did. No. But um, so then, yeah, we go forward two years. So and, then two years go by. Mm-hmm. Um, at uh, she's not given up mm-hmm. because Northcott never admitted to killing her son directly, right. and then. Uh, he says that he will admit to it to her, but she has to meet him in person. She meets him right before he's about to, like the day before or the yeah. day of. And then he says, I can't lie to you and tell you that this is what I did because I've repented. Mm-hmm. God's forgiven me. And if I lie to you by telling you that I killed your son, then I'm going to go to hell. And I'm like, buddy, <laughs> you're going to hell. Anyway. <laughs> like, Yes, aside I'm going to go ahead part, and not believe true. in any God that's like, oh, he says he's sorry? He killed how many kids? But he's sorry? Oh, yeah, no, no that's cool. No, 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 no. doesn't work that way. <laughs> like, <laughs> it uh, does not work that way. I'm going to go ahead and not mm-hmm. ascribe to that particular belief. But and then he's executed no, without she, having admitted. She has a really harrowing scene where she's literally roughing him up and the guard's standing outside the door going, wait, wait, hold it, hold it. you know. But yeah, uh, she hasn't killed him, so right? fine. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, ma'am. That's for the state to do. But he won't admit it, and he seems to. He's portrayed as the most frustrating personality in the entire film. Yeah, he film. is a a severe narcissist uh-huh. with persecution complex. Right, and there's a there's a and moment. also a killer of children. There's a rapist and killer of children. He was he a rapist? I, I didn't catch because the that because that was something part. that the other boy says to him is like he does stuff to them and then he kills them. Okay, that's um, right. and and uh, he would keep a group of them in the chicken coop. So these right. were called the chicken coop murders for a while. Right, like in true Jesus. in true crime circles. So what happens is that. Um, there's one point where during the trial he actually appeals to Christine for sympathy, saying, you're the only one who understands me. And it's like, God, with this level of narcissism, he could run for office. This guy, just everything is about him. Yep. Everything Remind you of anybody him. who's in office right now? Right, there we go. It's like, he's a member of Congress, isn't he? Um, so then we skip forward to 1935, so this is seven years No, wait, after. she does see him executed. 
She does. She I does. Said that. And okay, so he does seem executed, and um, he's hanged by the neck until dead. Right, but with he, a weird preacher like winking at him, like you're gonna be fine. And I'm well, like, no, preacher. Well, he he does something where he goes up to the minister. I don't even want to know what this means. I kept myself pure. I'm like, I this might be an odd reference to masturbation. This Maybe could be no, something. it wasn't. He was saying, uh-huh. I haven't lied or or sinned. Because that was his whole thing. Was like, if, if I if I tell you an untruth now, I will undo what I have uh, done. To, yes, I'm no, not I don't sure this man has either, any but. notion of the real world at all. No, he seemed like a person He's who wouldn't really be able to right. navigate the world. Like no. he seemed touched. I think I, I, I don't say touched by what I don't know, but <laughs> I'm like when I looked at him, and again, this is to the credit of the actor. This guy is up there with. Andy Robinson in uh, Dirty Harry, which I'm not sure if I ever got you to that. I've never seen Dirty Harry. Was playing a character so fucking repulsive that you just like somebody, anybody run him over with a car, drop a rock on his head. And I think the best part of it is that it's so brief. Right. You don't have to focus on Because A, I don't want to watch this dude. No. He's captivating to watch and very good at what he's portraying. As a performance. But I don't want to watch it for an hour. Yeah. Like I, no, that's... he was in here just long enough. He's, you know, kind of like, what is it? The end of the Godzilla film, the monster only shows up for 15 minutes. <laughs> it's all you needed in this monster. It's just this. Because really, I don't want it to take away from, again, fuck that guy. It's the story of this woman. Right. And, okay. Go ahead. So then we we move forward in time to 1935, mm-hmm. where David Clay, one of the boys who had been named as a uh, one of the victims by uh, the 15-year-old kid, um, is found alive in Hesperia, California. He says that one of the... He, he lists the boys that he's with, and one of the boys that he was with was Walter. He names Walter and does remember his last name. And he remembers him because they escaped uh-huh. together, but were separated. And he doesn't know if Walter was recaptured. But he says Walter helped him escape. And so Christine has hope that he is alive and just afraid to come forward for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Well, again, when you couple the fact that he had been possibly sexually molested. Yeah, no, that's true. This is 1935, and yeah. there's not public discussions of no, this. No, that's true. You know, and but... Sexual victimization for young boys. At at seven, Walter is going to be 16 years old, or seven years later. But I feel like by 1940, if you're 21 years old, I'm going to need you to give your mom a call. She works at a switchboard. She's real easy to get a hold of. I know, but what I'm saying is that I don't know. See, the end of the film is ambiguous. It is. So that's basically where we end. There's a little um, scene between Christine and the Reverend, and she's like, I'm, I've got hope. I mm. have something I didn't have yesterday, which is hope. Right. And that's going to get me through. Yeah. And she never stopped looking, and she never found him. Now, mind you, the other things that we're informed of very briefly are that she, I think that finally the boss that she had that was so attached to her, finally, like, he invites her to dinner. Yeah, they start dating. Um, so she... And it's not done in a creepy, a weird back. way. No, it's, it's very not. sweet. They've clearly been friends for like a decade or right. more. And he clearly respects her too. Yeah. This is not something like, you know, the girl in the office that he's been checking out for a long time. No, no. He, he really does. Um, and then we're told in an epilogue that Captain Jones was suspended. Chief Davis, his chief who was played by 
just escaped me right now. Uh, Confior. Confior, who uh, my first introduction to him as an actor was Storm of the Century, where he played oh yeah a demon, and he did it very well. Or you know, he was really good. But um, he has that same sort of dead-eyed stare in this he thing. He can, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, uh, he's very good. He's uh, been uh, demoted. What is it? He demoted. gets demoted, and then the mayor is like, I'm going to go ahead and not run for re-election. And then I think the most ridiculous of this was that the town of Wineville changes its name to Miraloma. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, look, it wasn't us. That we was don't Wineville. Need to We're be... Miraloma. Exactly. <laughs> so. And then um, California State Legislature, ma- Legislature made it illegal to forcibly commit people mm-hmm. by working alone of a th- words of authorities alone like you've got to have a doctor involved right. and then the reverend continued to uh go after Crusade. the LAPD. um good for him yeah because it didn't get any better <laughs> it did not and yeah i was trying to find out i was hoping that he wasn't a composite character that he was a real person and yes he was a real person um and now what i did like is that because of this film He's gotten a new notoriety where people visit his grave because he did do this thing where he just did not give up and he fought corruption his entire life. Yeah. So I'm very glad for that. And I'm also glad that he wasn't killed by the police, um, which was the other thing I was worried about. Like, what happened to this guy? Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, you can, we're, we're not going to talk anymore about the sort of true crime nature, mm-hmm. but this... Um, story hues very close to yeah. the the historical narrative. If you want to know about the actual story, um they are it is uh typically referred to as the Weinfeld Chicken Coop murders. But basically started in nineteen twenty six and ended in nineteen twenty eight. And that is the time that the boy from Canada was mm. involved. God only knows what happened before him. Yeah, well, probably not much. His uh, Gordon Northcott was 19 mm. in 1926, so it's likely that he didn't start much before that. He probably there were probably animal issues and oh yeah, fires. There tends and, to be like yeah, but um, we don't have to get into all of that. But that is a thing that you can go go and find and. There's any number of stories and movies and things about the terrible treatment of women mm-hmm. and the, if you step out of line, you're going to be put in a psychiatric right. ward, all the way up to the relatives of presidents. There's a yeah. Kennedy who got lobotomized for being sassy. It's unclear, but she was never able to speak after correctly after that and... Lobotomies are one of those things where I'm like, okay, the man that invented this mm. was a psychopath. Well, he wasn't a doctor, from my understanding. He was. was a doctor, but you've got to understand what oh. a doctor was oh. at different times. There wasn't 40 years of medical I school and a residency the and the who, whole... The man like, who was responsible for letting Taft die, I think, was a doctor in that he actually, his name was Doctor. That's the, Well, that's the thing. It's I mean, just like he do- named himself Doctor. Training. Like, what the hell? And if you move to a new town, right. you could just call yourself whatever the fuck you want. Right. Because there's no records. Mm. And if there were records, you could write them because that shit was all hand done. Right. Like... We live in a world where it's harder to be a con artist, but this is a person who took an ice pick and just thought, you know, once into the eye and let's see what happens. What? Like, (laughs) just that 
Lord. Like, every time I think about yeah. it, I'm like, that motherfucker should have been committed. Well, see, so, you know, looking at this film now, especially this week, and I think maybe that's the reason why it affected me. It's also, me. it's, it's like, hard because film, we're watching, watching women. I'm watching the TV, I'm like, fuck this movie. I really, just be and, you know, gaslit. Much respect to Clint Eastwood, to Angelina Jolie, to everyone who participated in this film. I gotta say, this was a really good movie. It was very good. But I it's enjoyed hard, it a lot. especially now, yeah. to watch it. Yeah. Maybe, especially because you're like, oh, look, we haven't come very fucking far at all. Maybe what'll happen is that, hope to God, <laughs> in a couple of weeks when this is broadcast, there'll be better news about the state of things. I'm not holding we my breath for that. No. And that maybe that a viewer will be able to watch this movie in a context and go, okay. God, yeah. yeah, times, of, but I don't really feel but that it's, way. It is, it was hard to watch. It was really in hard current to watch. climate, and I think that it'll be hard to watch. Period. For, but I will say too, though, um, it is beautiful. Oh yes, it is. It is well written, and there's a lot of there's. What I like about it is there's a lot of triumphant moments in this movie, where the right people wind up on the right side and get shit done. Which is nice knowing that it is true. Yeah, is that it affected something? Something yeah. changed. Something from this. changed. Although we're mm. pretty stagnant and. Overall, right. The the notion that you can basically do anything you want to to a person who disagrees with you is still something that happens. Yes. I mean, when we just recently, what is it? Uh, well, I mean, but also to, once again, it's like a it's a, like an assault on fact. Right. And that's basically like there we are still have objective facts. It's right. like that that illustration mm-hmm. of like. Two people standing on opposite sides of a number, and one of them looks at it and is like, it's nine. Another one is like, it's six. Mm-hmm. They're like, it's all about point of view. No. Somebody painted either right. a nine or a six. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it doesn't actually depend on point of view. No, no. There, there facts are, things are facts. are not. There are real things. Right. Objective truths. And this is not also to say that, that it's the stupidity of people. It's the willingness to disbelieve. An objective fact. That plays a part in it too, that people just believe what they want to believe, regardless of whether it fits into the coherent, you know, a coherent view of the world. And in this one, I am, um, yeah, I, it, it, there's moments in here where literally my jaw dropped, like, oh my God, they did what? Mm-hmm. And it's so hard to accept that people would be willing to just live this way. It's like, okay, well, it, I, uh, I hear a lot of talking about, you know, and by the way, this was once just a couple of years before the so-called greatest generation. <laughs> so that that label always no sticks in my craw. But uh, it it just speaks to this kind of entitlement that people, that some people want the world to return to, where you don't have a voice. Mm-hmm. You don't challenge authority. Mm-mm. You shut up, you sit down, you take what they give you. That's it's a like, woman's you know. place. It was nice for me mm-hmm. to see a Christian leader mm-hmm. not saying a woman's place is mm-hmm. quiet and subservient. Right. That was, yeah. I liked that um, because a lot of times you see that because a lot of. Mm-hmm. Particularly evangelical, evangelical leaders. Evangelical leaders specifically. And those they have recently, that, yeah. That yeah, there's I, I, names why, for those things. Why and people I like Franklin Graham have a voice at this point? I don't understand. His father, that dude, is trash. His, we don't have to get into yeah, it. But I was trying to listen to a podcast right. with him on uh, it, and I was like, I can't listen to this man uh-huh. talk because he's lying. Yes, and couching it as faith. 
Right. And it's gross. It's not faith. And it's, I'm mm. not Christian. So I am, and this like, is what's called apostasy. It's ooh. just misrepresenting Yeah, it the was, teaching. that was rough. Really I, rough. Yeah, he was on the New Yorker Radio Hour, mm. and I'm like... Yeah, I couldn't hear it. I'm, like, I'm no. not a fan of your dad, but I'm pretty sure he would smack the shit out of you <laughs> right. for what you are saying right now. Mm-mm. It's... So it was nice for me yeah, it to was. see a and white it was nice for me, Christian too. leader. Yeah. And I was like, like right when we started getting mm. into the movie, I was like, ooh, hey, I think they're going to portray the church pretty good in this one. Right. And that's, that's what I, I, and I've talked to you about that before, that Christianity, for being the world's largest religion, has some of the worst representation ever. Well, because, because you punch up. Right. But the, the only story that we do, that we, or not the only story, but most of the time the story we get is molesting priests and whatever else. But well, the, the 10,000... to be fair... Yes, and that's fair. It's a There's fair a shitload of people who have been right. affected but by that particular issue. The rest of what they do 24-7, you know, the things I grew up watching, yes. the prison ministries, teaching people yeah. how to read, taking in... No, I, I all understand. All of that never gets covered, so it was really good saying, oh no, this is what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah, this is what you should right. be doing. This and these are the people who should be right. elevated, and yet tear those other motherfuckers down. Right, and that's Install people who give a fuck. Right. You knew <laughs> and this guy was. gave a fuck. Yeah. So I, I like that. I but I really, it is impossible to watch this movie and not feel gut punched. I think. Yeah, and I, apparently Angelina Jolie was hesitant mm-hmm. because she, as a mom, it's right. upsetting. Yeah. Uh, and then Clint Eastwood's involvement was persuasive, and then um, she. Uh, which is funny because Clint Eastwood is such a conservative guy that this is like a big liberal movie. I too. think that he might have gotten more conservative as. Well, I mean, he was the young man in 2000. No, that's true. And so, when did he talk to a chair? It couldn't have been that much. It had to be, mm, what, four years after this? Right. But I think that it's like there was still a difference in politics then. It's like you didn't have to hate the other person, I think, as much. And he wasn't, certainly wasn't being that hateful. Because this movie is very liberal in its approach. You know, although it's hard to argue with corruption is bad, you know? Well, yeah. And not Eastwood, hard for some yeah, people, that's but. the other thing is Eastwood cast Malkovich uh-huh. because he was against character. Right. Because when you do see a Malkovich, at first mm-hmm. you're like, oh, he's going to be right. shady or, you know, nefarious well, in some way. And he really Malkovich wasn't. Malkovich broke big because of Clint Eastwood. Oh, interesting. In the film, In the Line of Fire, where Eastwood plays a uh, FBI agent who... Was a, I don't think I've seen that one. He was in the fr- a friend of Kennedy's. He was not present when Kennedy was assassinated, so he carries his guilt around with him. And there's another presidential assassin who's played by Malkovich. And so they really sparked during this film. He's like, I like that guy. And so sort of like Sean Connery with Wesley Snipes and Rising Sun, he just like, keep feeding this guy more lines. He's really, this, yeah. this oh, guy's really great. Like, do this, yeah. Right. So it's, uh, you know, he helped him out some yeah. in his career. So I, yeah, I can see this as being these two guys meeting again and and being able to agree on on how they want to do this film because it really was a great performance and it yeah but um yeah I don't know what what's your final takeaway from it uh, my <laughs> final takeaway is I'm actually I was pleasantly surprised I didn't think I was gonna like mm-hmm. it I thought it was very good right. um we were talking about maybe I'm going out of town this weekend and we were talking about maybe not recording until next week and I was like ooh but then I might have to watch it again. Mm-hmm. And as much as I liked it, I don't think I want to watch it again right now. Yeah, I can't watch it. Again. I was, yeah, I was coming to that too. <laughs> it's like... a little rough, um, but I would recommend it. Um, 
if you, if you can get through the handmaid's tale and that doesn't make you want to you know murder or kill mm-hmm. uh then this is where you want to be if that's too much right now given the climate the state then i wouldn't advise it because it is a rough one but very well made very good beautiful to look at uh and then you know angelina learned to high heel roller skate what an extra thing why do we do things to women why something else that broke my heart with this film when i was reading about it was Mm. you know all the awards it was nominated for it won the 2008 women film critics circle awards it won the adrian shelley award Oh no, you can't watch Waitress because right. Adrian Shelley, that whole story. Well, and her story right. is often distilled to be the victim of a violent crime. And, right. Yeah. Adrian Shelley, who was a, the darling of the independent film world at a time when I was making, you know, as a and film student. If, if listeners don't know who Adrian Shelley is, she is um, she a playwright? She was an actress, a director, actress. a screenwriter. She was. She wrote Waitress, and she uh-huh. doesn't star in it. Felicity. <laughs> Her name's not Felicity. Her name's <laughs> Carrie Wessel. <Yeah. laughs> Carrie Wessel stars in it, but she's uh, one of the other waitresses in the movie. Um, but she wrote it, and she was murdered by day workers in yeah. her home. He yeah. was murdered by a person in her home after an altercation in the street where he was either flirting with her or being vulgar, and she called him out on it, and then he followed her home and killed her. And then staged the crime. Why do, to, why, why do women right. fear men? Why? But she was, uh, she was, in the 1990s, she was the indie queen in the Hal Hartley movies, and this was part of the generation where I was making... So she yeah. really was... And she was... Part of what's heartbreaking is that she was a tiny thing, too. Yeah. It's well, like, I didn't see why that... I mean, what... Did it make this guy angry that she defended herself and she should be a victim? I, it's really... Men it's, are afraid that women will laugh at them. <sighs> women are afraid that men will kill them. This is what happened. She laughed at him, uh-huh. and he killed her. That's just... It's, this is the world that needs to change. I Hi, toxic masculinity. You right. suck. Go away. I, when I'm looking at especially in the last couple of days, the statements that are being made by these greasy purging motherfuckers that I'm mm-hmm. saying, like Donald Trump's you know, spawn, saying it's a hard time for men. And then his, yeah. his father... or I'm so scared father, to... Mm-hmm. So, like what? Just be behave yourself. Yeah. That's all anybody's asking. Behave yourself. You see that woman? She's not a vagina. She's not like a fuck doll for you. No. She's there. She's a person. This is a and if you ask her visit. a thing, yeah. she will respond to you. She owes you right. nothing. Right, exactly. Like I just saw a little, you know, meme. Mm-hmm. Oh, dating in the it, it, it's dating in the world of Me Too is so hard, and it's too it's you know people at like Lovers Point mm-hmm. or whatever in a car, a, a, a boy and a girl. Right. We're very heteronormative, right? Um, because that's the issue. It's right. men and women, right? And he's thinking, oh, I don't know what I should do. If What if I make the wrong move? And then this could come back to haunt me and this, that, and the other. And she's thinking, oh, I, does does he not like me? And why right. is he making a move? And this, that, and the other. Da, da, da. And then it's crossed out. And right. underneath is, would it be all right if I kissed you? Yes, please. That's right. it. That's it. Like, it's not. Well, 
And, and they're not saying this again. To and ro- if y'all uh, can't have a conversation about kissing and fucking, you shouldn't be kissing right. or fucking. And, and again, for... And that's just my PSA for the universe. You, if you can't talk right. about a thing, don't do that thing. You're right. not prepared for it. And so... And this is, again, a discussion not from somebody who's been politically correct their entire lives, and certainly not somebody who probably made a lot of mistakes with women, at least in the way he regarded them, because I was brought up in a way to think this is okay. Right. I'm embarrassed now. But, and I, I mean, when you met me 10 years ago, I was a terrible flirt. Mm, it's been 15 years. Oh, jeez. <laughs> when you met me 10 years ago, because I'm not that old, Okay. I was well, a terrible flirt. I was... And yes, so no, it's true. I said and did things that probably were really, but I never, there was a line. I there was a line, it. and if anybody uh, said, fucking knock it off. Right, I would have fucking knocked it off. Yeah, and you never, I wasn't touching that anybody. I saw right, were I physically imposing no, 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 to no. people or, yeah. And I think that's partly because, again, as, as we've mentioned before, I grew up with three sisters, and so I saw a lot of behavior that just turned me off. Yeah, we were just like, but no, at the, gross. At the same time, I was growing up in a world, as we mentioned when we did the, the Edith Bunker episode, yeah. how there was, in television, or even when you're watching a TV show like Moonlighting, here's a guy who hectors his boss into sleeping with him yes. after two seasons of a show. Yeah. Or you watch Cheers, there's a boss who hectors a waitress into sleeping with yeah. him eventually. So you were, you know, you thought that was yep. part of the byplay between people. Nowadays, it, again, it makes me cringe because there's stuff I can't yeah. watch anymore. Going, and, wow, this and, is. And women uh, now are like, well, I had to put up with it, so that's just the way that it is. And mm-hmm. I'm like, how about we as a collective say, right. that's shitty. Let's not do it anymore. (laughs) There has to be some sort of difference in the way that we treat people. We have to learn something. Yeah. And when you watch this movie, there's a lot of... And everyone Mm. looks back on behaviors and goes, shouldn't have. Shouldn't have said that. Shouldn't have done that. Right. Everyone on this planet has that. Yeah. Hopefully it's not, oh, I totally raped that girl. Right. But I promise, men... Mm -hmm. It's a possibility (laughs) because you didn't pick up on signals or she didn't feel she could. If if at any point she was screaming or saying no or crying, you're just a fucking animal and you should go to jail. But I think that there are a lot of date rapes where the women were too scared to sort of project a no. And so men thought that they had the right. You know what I mean? Right. Like well, I think that that is a common it's thing. Indoctrinated, and that's something and I want to get across. And it is sexual assault. It is, but I right. don't think it makes the man right. evil. Dave Chappelle has a great bit where he talks about watching Warner Brothers cartoons with oh, his yeah, kid. Oh yeah, Pepe Le Pew. And like, and he says sometimes you just gotta take the pussy. Right. What? <laughs> Pepe because Le Pew here's is the thing, a rapist. Thing, a rapist. <laughs> right. 100%. He is a rapist. Mm-hmm. He's like this cat with a stripe on his back. No, 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 no. Running away from you, screaming, could scratching. Not wa- could not be more clear in the no right. that's being... That's the whole yeah, gag. That's the, the whole gag. Th- there's like Roadrunner runs away from the wolf, right? There's... Um, coyote. Coyote. There's... Um, <laughs> I was thinking of the wolf and the sheepdog, which was another... Oh, that's a gag. different one, where they and just the, clock in. Right, they clock in and clock out. But the whole gist of this cartoon... Pepe Le Pew was 100% a rapist. Was a skunk trying to rape a cat. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the whole gag over not one, not two, several cartoons. This is a oh, whole yeah. running theme. 
And you, you get like people going, oh, we shouldn't censor those old cartoons. I'm like, but you know what? We Kids shouldn't do not censor need to grow them. up in an environment where, this, oh, this is okay. Look, we shouldn't censor them. No. But when our kids are sixth, seventh grade, mm-hmm. that's when those should be introduced. Right. In Context. conversations right. about consent. Right, exactly. This is what your parents grew up watching and thinking was okay. Right. Can we all agree that yeah. this is not okay? Yeah. And I, I, because that gives uh, you context, understanding of why the culture is the way the culture is, mm-hmm. and a mechanism for exactly. change. I mean... Because you need all of those things for anything to go forward. There's, uh, we mentioned that before, too. Three's Company is a show about a man... Hoof-a-doof. Trying to feel up or molest or peep on his two roommates. And then when he doesn't... Right. They get upset about it. They get upset about it. Right. It's so fucked up. I'm going, yeah, that was... And this was a top-rated show that... Absolutely. And everybody watched it. Yeah. And so everybody got that into their system. But also, fucking... Ooh, that show was problematic for a bunch of reasons. Oh, yeah. Also, the girls... The... the, Uh Uh-huh. One's cute, but mm, and then the other one, the blonde one, is the one that you want to go for. Like it's just, oh, it's so. One is sexy and one is brunette, and therefore not sexy. I I didn't really watch Uh the show. Um, it was on in syndication when I was a kid. It always icked me, and I could, I didn't know why. Mm -hmm. I was eight, you know what I mean? I I didn't understand what my fundamental problem was, but like. In my core, I was like, this isn't okay. Yeah, well, and the sad part <laughs> this is, that, is not all right. It's sad now because John Ritter was a hell of a funny guy. Absolutely. He and apparently so funny. Uh-huh. a fully decent human being right. that everybody really loved and cared about. Yeah. And so it's like, this is what he was given to work with. This was, it was an English Suzanne show. Suzanne Summers that. is a fucking well, smart I'm, as a whip. That You can say all you want about the mm-hmm. thigh master. That bitch is sitting on a pile of money. Well, see, now what, I'm not mad at you. What happens is that the first season of that show, if you had ever gone back to see it, she was not a dumb blonde. No. Was they, she, was it her? It was her and uh, Joyce Oh, DeWitt she ended it. up then leaving right. and then they brought the but other blonde They wound in. up, some point, making her just... A trope. Almost like special needs yeah. level of not she able to She was to a point things. where you're like... Can you chew and swallow your right. food on your own? Because I don't know that you she, physically like, can. The, the comedy was smarter in the beginning of the first season, and then moved, uh, talk about problematic. Oh no, uh, we've convinced the landlord, Mister. That was Mister Furley, who the, whoever the first landlord was. Oh. Norman Feldman. I mean, not Norman Feldman. What's his name? Anyhow, it's Don Knotts. Oh uh, no, Don Knotts was the second. Was landlord. the second one? Right. It was Norman Feldman at the beginning. Oh uh, yeah, and it's like, oh no, he's not going to touch these girls because he's gay. So then we're going to have a whole string of gay jokes. All throughout. Well, and any time right. people were like, well, you're not hooking up with your roommates, what are you gay? Right, Like, exactly. that was the whole thing. Which, and then Larry was a whole separate oh, problem. Larry was a rapist. I oh, yeah, mean, he, he was. He was constantly talking about getting women drunk and getting them back to his place. But we're talking about a show in the 70s. Family Guy has a character today right. that's definitely a rapist. Oh, wait, now this is the character. That neighbor, the giggity right. dude, I don't, I can't with Family Guy. It's not well, my I can for so many reasons. I don't. Watch I know you. He's very blasphemous in his uh, <laughs> yeah whole I mean, thing. But so I mean, it's not. We haven't moved past these tropes. No, we haven't. And the thing is that we haven't moved past telling the stories of people other than really. I mean, we're beginning to. 
telling the story of white upper middle class people yeah. who are successful. We're not telling the story about white people in the Ozarks. We're not. I mean, we did for a we, while. We were starting we to. Yeah, we, we did when we were going to Walton Mountain. You know, there we got the stories oh, of true. these sort of white families because they were written by a guy, Earl Hammer. Started with the Twilight Zone. He wrote Jess Bell, and he wrote you know from the Witching Pool, the Witching Pool, who really had a. He grew up in this environment. He knew how to handle these characters without making them just stereotypes. Right. Then that gets thrown aside, and we're back in the world of, you know, pretty much urban living. Right. But, but also just, like. Uh, the protagonist in ninety percent of mm-hmm. things yeah. is a white male. Yeah, but uh, and so uh, now we're broken. Our empathy is broken mm-hmm. because all of our entertainment says this is the person you care about. And so when Brett Kavanaugh uh, goes in front of the Senate and starts tearing up about his love of beer or whatever the fuck, I didn't watch it. I can't with I his stupid smug stupid. face. But we me, feel bad for him. This refers back to us, though. Okay? The episode where we did, again, going back to this, um, the, 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 the All the Family episode. Or even before that, Animal House. Yeah. Okay, so this asshole sat and watched Animal House, and these were role models for him. So when we're watching this movie, watching a frat house where everyone gets drunk, where they yep. invite women upstairs, you don't yep. know what happens to them, everyone's sleeping with it. That's the kind of lifestyle this fucker emulated. Yep. All right? Yeah. Uh, Same-sex boys' schools of every age mm-hmm. uh, abolished should right. be. But when I'm looking at this, it's, yeah, I was thinking about that when we were doing, you know, when we were, uh, when I was watching that uh, hearing and going, he's writing letters about how they have pukers, you know, that literally we're all drunks and some of us are terrible pukers so you have to move 30 miles away or I forget exactly how long, what, how far it was to get away from the sound of the guys puking, and we're just, we all love beer, we love the kegs, we're going to finish. It's like this was a reflection of that attitude, and it suddenly put that whole movie is now, I could like never broken. watch it again. Yeah, right, you're just like, I oh couldn't. no. Because it's like, oh, this Fuck is... Fuck every one of these guys, because right. they're the ones now, yeah, in charge of the Senate. Right. It's and not funny that Bluto w- went on to be a congressman or whatever. No, the fuck. because that wasn't true. <laughs> I mean, that was the yeah. one that just like it's not, we're just like, like oh, shit. Yeah, that's exactly the uh, way it happened. And that's where National Lampoon comes into Animal House, where mm-hmm. it's like turning a lens on like, oh, you think that this is, but you all support it. Mm-hmm. You vote for it. And and I. I just, I thought about that a lot, you know, while I was listening to these hearings, going, this is exactly what we were talking about. This is exactly what they were, mm-hmm. this is, this, and there were, there, for for every animal, I mean, for animal house, I shouldn't say for every, there was Caddyshack, and there was, yeah. and there was the whole notion of slobs, guys Well, that, those and, sex comedies. The sex comedies right? came in the wake of Porky's. Named after, yes, I was going to say, isn't there like hot dog or. Yeah, and joystick, <laughs> I mean, it's like, yeah, real they, honest. And then the various, um. Like summer school, ski right. camp, like all of those. And they were all about these disposable young women uh-huh. um, that were in hot tubs. That were in, it's, uh, it just, it really, they were selling a lifestyle to a bunch of kids. And those, that generation of kids, because he's not much older than me. No, no, he's barely. Not. That generation of kids was a generation I grew up with that were watching these movies and thinking this was a lifestyle choice. Yep. You get drunk, and there's the nubile young woman who just fall into your lap. And, yep. Oh, and there's, I mean, the fact that you have in Animal House a scene about, do I rape this girl, do I not rape this girl? 
Yeah, you know? and we were like, he didn't do it. Right. And it's like, yeah, we're supposed to praise him because he didn't do it. It's like, why is this even a that choice? That shouldn't even that be have? a question. Yeah. Right. No. Why do you have this? Uh, Are you a sex crim? Right. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, so it was just, uh, yeah, there's so much that that this particular movie made me think about. Yeah. And and it is because the zeitgeist is right. what the zeitgeist is. Yeah, it's it's very Ooh. hard to take. It's hard to take. I, I warned you. I was, this movie pissed no, me no, off. No, no, it's fine. It no, I think we got good some way. good conversation. <laughs> right. And yeah, we veered. We know. Right. I don't know how much I'm going to leave in. Probably a lot of it because yes. I think it's important. And it's I think, important right now. Yeah. And if y'all don't like us getting political, that's um, I know, and that's a, so everything is political because yeah. right now rights of people are being infringed and. Because this isn't about politics. Um, this is about returning to the way, a world where women can be locked up for yep. no particular reason. And, and people are going to get hurt. Uh, again, my first confession was, is to say, yes, I was, com- I was inappropriate, not in the ways that some of these people were, but I had to learn to be better. Hey, look, it's possible. It is possible, even when you're old. Are you terrified of the world that we're moving into? No, I'm not terrified of the world that we're living oh, look, in, moving into. It's possible, y'all. Because the women that I'm meeting are so sharp and so smart. I could stand with them being in charge. Yeah, right. You know, it's like I, I'm looking at these guys in the Senate and they're old it's and done. jolly and yeah. livery. And they're... I'm sorry, the Senate needs mm. a refresh. Right. They need to install term limits because the fact you could be a senator Mm -hmm. for your entire adult life is ridiculous. You should not be making laws about the internet when you don't know how to check your own email. It's ridiculous. Older than like my parents. Okay. Yes. And so I'm going. You know what? They had no idea. Uh, They didn't change with the times, and it's not because their parents. Someday I will be the one, you know, banging All that the being said, Ruth Bader Ginsburg needs to stay where she is right. until forever because yes. we, we can't lose you. We love you and we need you. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. All let's right. So, yeah, so we should stop. Bring it to an on. end. Do you have something you want to recommend? <laughs> um, I haven't seen something new that I can recommend because it's, you know, this has been a relatively mm. short time between. I'm planning on seeing lots of interesting things. Did we things. go to a movie this weekend? Uh, we did. Um, which was Night School. Oh, right. Which that was, was a, pretty fun. a fun but silly movie. Yeah. Um, but what I want to recommend, again, is to go back in time. Again, this is October. <laughs> and go to 1980 when there was another movie called The Changeling. Oh, yes. George C. Scott's in it. A movie with George C. Scott and Trish Vandiver. It's Vandivere. a ghost story it and is it's one of the very good. best ghost stories ever put on film. It was directed by Peter Medak, who directed a movie called The Ruling Class. Uh-huh. Um, who I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's a, I've never seen a it. Historical. It's almost a blasphemous movie about a an English peer who believes that he's Jesus Christ. He's schizophrenic, but. and um, he's wants to change the world as Jesus Christ. And then eventually he gets put in asylum, and they cure him with electroshock therapy. And then he believes he's Jack the Ripper, and then everyone's okay with it. So this is a guy, Peter Medak, the director, who does a I lot of... I didn't follow any of that, but that's fine. Okay. Yeah, he does a lot of really... <laughs> but we're talking comedy. about The Changeling. The Changeling. 1980. Right. George C. Scott. I don't think you should know anything about it going in. No, other than there is trust the movie, it's very good. twist five minutes into the yeah. film where you're like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. Yep, yep, yep. And the film, it's, it's a great ghost story. It's, it reminds me in some ways of something like The Ring in that it's a ghost story slash... 
mystery film. Okay. Where you have I'm to like, put together the clues. Give things away. Yeah, it's not. Okay. <laughs> it's not a. It's not, not like plot a, wise, but no. But the idea that you're okay. watching a mystery, he's putting together clues. It's based on the director's actual experience living in a haunted house. Oh, cool. He rented a haunted house um, and had these similar experiences. So it's it has the that's not good. The feeling of authenticity that he had to unravel a mystery as well as to what was happening in his house. And so the film is really good. George C. Scott is really good. He married his co-star, I think, soon after this film. Um, it has a really great cast. It's a good movie, so it's I highly good. recommend it. And you, what do you have to recommend? You know this is an audio format, right? <laughs> pointing at me is nuts. I know. I was just <laughs> and you, I forgot your name for just a second because I'm so pissed about the uh, Supreme Court, but you go ahead. Um... My recommendation is going to be political. Okay, here we go. Y'all vote. Vote <laughs> in this election. Get yourself registered. If you still mm. have time, vote. Go vote. If your voice isn't heard, then you're not going to be taken care of, and you deserve to be taken right. care of. And so please, vote. That's my recommendation. A, <laughs> That's all a, I've got. a wonderful <laughs> ad I saw today. And I can't remember who promotes it, which is just a group of elderly Caucasian people, and maybe that's the wrong thing to present them all as Caucasian, who are yelling into the camera, you're not going to vote, ha ha ha, I am. No, it's true. Older (laughs) people vote in in, um, midterms. Yeah. So the Republicans will get out there. Yeah. Younger people, people of color, queer people, Mm -hmm. women, except fucking white women, don't do this again. White women. I'm talking to you as a white woman. Fucking stop it. Uh, yeah, vote. Go vote. Make right. your voice heard. Yeah, that it's absolutely because if not the mo- the world of this movie is not far away from us. No, neither is all. the world of The Handmaid's Tale. Right. For real. Right. So this this needs to change, and it's only going to change if you participate in the system. Yeah, and half of the country didn't, mm-hmm. and look where we are. Right. So. It's not hard. You can sign up. They will send your ballot to your house. To your motherfucking house. The internet will tell you if you don't want to look up every single thing, you could just look up what progressives recommend you vote and just vote down Mm. that line if that's what you want to do, if you don't want to put a Mm. lot of And if you are a conservative-minded person, okay, you can be a conservative-minded person and not be up for all this bullshit. No. I they're mean, they are hijacking. Right, they're hijacking your cause. Yeah, and that's what I can say. I to feel my legitimately friends. bad for anyone who mm. is just a fiscal conservative yeah. and a reasonable human being because nobody's looking right. out for you right now. No one's out there. They're feeding you conspiracy theories. They're doing this sort of bullshit. They're going with the most extreme members that share your ideology, and you can change that. And you don't be afraid. That. Yeah, fear is. A very powerful motivator and tool, mm-hmm. but if you're only hearing things that make you feel better about the position that you've taken, right. look for other alternatives. Listen to of sound. other voices. You can't just accept what you're hearing from the people who share your opinions. Yeah, and it just has gotten so extreme. It's like you know, I I still have conservatives in you know friends and family, mm-hmm. and so it's like at this point. Even, you you if right. you're putting party above uh-huh. country, yeah, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, they're supposed to be working for us, and not the other way around. Yeah, 
And ultimately, so when they're talking, oh, you know, I heard what's his name again this morning, uh, McConnell, Ugh. who and I, who's the guy who smacks him down every morning? Um, Schumer? No. He just yeah, just does a job of like playing whack a mole. McConnell will come out and say something outrageous and stupid, and I think it's Schumer who comes and out probably afterwards. horribly hypocritical. Oh yes, hypocritical, and Schumer will come out afterwards and just like play whack a mole and go, no, this is not true. <laughs> it's factually inaccurate. Right. Um, it's like, no, you can't say that. And facts aren't partisan. Right. You have to rush to If you judgment. don't like something, that doesn't make it untrue. It doesn't make the people who did it evil either. It's just something no. that you're disagreeing with. But yeah, I've been watching that. And um, yeah, there's go vote. Go vote. I, vote. I could go on all day. Please vote. Yes. Change all right. this. The world needs to change. So next week we're going to do a Halloween Halloween special. Yes. Spectacular. And hopefully the world will still be here. Yes. All righty. We thank you so much for sticking with us through all of our rants. All lots of, of ranting in this episode. Lots of ranting. The world, the world's really something these days, guys. Right. Um, if you want to email us and write us and tell us that we got too political or that we didn't get political enough and maybe this is what the show should be. Uh, probably not, though. Uh, latecomerspod at gmail.com. Uh, you can see it, find us on Twitter at LatecomersPod. Uh, we have a Facebook group and a Facebook page. And Lemuel's spooky book is available on Amazon. Uh, you can find it at Sealing Night, S-E-E-L-I-N-G-N-I-G-H-T. And I think that's everything. Yes. Read okay. my book. It's Halloween. This is Halloween. Uh-oh. We're going to get sued. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that clip was short enough. Awesome. So thank you so much for listening. We love you very much. We do love you very much. We do. We care about you. That's the reason why we're getting all Yes, political. that's the thing. We you, care about you. You deserve a better beings. world than the world you're living in right now. Yes. Unless you're rich and you're just in it for the tax breaks, and then I don't have really anything to say to you. Uh... Okay, that's going to do it. <laughs> you have to get that last one. And <laughs> we like that. you please remember, <laughs> it's better late than... Better, better late than, <laughs> than you forgot to sign up? No, I didn't. Okay. But you were talking still. I'm sorry. Okay, yes. I'm All right, I'll, I'll point it to you when to start, okay? Better late than ever. <gasps> oh. I win. <laughs> That's gonna do it. I can't. <laughs> I have to stop this recording. I'm losing it. <laughs> <laughs>